Do you know your fight song for your school? Anybody know your fight song? Some of you, all right, we have Nebraska. Ed, do you know your fight song from? Kansas City High School. Kansas from high City school? High School. Wow, that's impressive. Sonia from Georgia Tech. Anybody else raise your hand? From? From IU in Bloomington. Anybody else? You know the old Miss fight song? Well, yeah, yeah, that's, I don't know the, I don't know the state fight song. They, the bands play them and people cheer and yell and try to motivate you. We're going to talk about a fight song in just a minute today. Before that, a story. Young man went to a drugstore and bought three boxes of chocolates. A small box, Valentine's around the corner. A medium-sized box and a great big box. Back then, when you bought chocolate, the pharmacist sold them to you, and the pharmacist said, what's the deal with the three boxes of chocolate? The young man said to the pharmacist, he says, well, I've got a date tonight. And depending on how it goes, if I get to hold her hand, she'll get a small box of chocolate. If I get to kiss her, she'll get a medium box. And if we do some pretty good smooching, she's going to get a big box. <laughs> so he leaves the drugstore, goes to his girlfriend's house for the first time, to meet mom and dad. They sit down at the supper table. Before the meal, the boy asked, may I say grace? Sure. So the boy began to pray and pray and pray. For 15 minutes, he prayed and said grace until the food got cold. When he said amen, the girl that he was dating says, why didn't you tell me you were so religious? He looked at her and said, why didn't you tell me your father was a pharmacist? So, <laughs> isn't that a good one? I like that. So now the fight song part. If your prayer life had a fight song, if your prayer life had a theme song, what would it be? Think about it for just a second. If your prayer life had a theme song, what would it be? If you set it to music. Now, I want you to think about that response. And if you think of some good ones, give me your answers after church or in the next few weeks. If you think of something, give me your answers. I thought of a couple of extremes. And sadly, this first one might represent a lot of folks' prayer life.
gone through a routine of prayer and have forgotten that we have the creator and the sustainer of the universe's ear, that you hear our prayer. Father, forgive us when it has been routine or when it has been non-existent. Help us to be fighters, to storm the gates of heaven with our prayers. In Jesus' name, amen. A story in Luke chapter 18 is where we begin, and it's a, a story that shows some different kinds of people. Beginning at verse 1 of Luke 18, we see that one day Jesus told his disciples a story to show that they should always pray and never give up. That's good words. They always pray and never give up. We're probably quick to give up. Though the judge in a certain city, the story goes, who neither feared God or cared about people, a widow of that city came to him repeatedly saying, Give me justice in this dispute with my enemy. The judge ignored her for a while, but finally he said to himself, I don't fear God, I don't care about people, but this woman is driving me crazy. I'm going to see that she gets justice because she's wearing me out with her constant request. And then the Lord said, learn a lesson from the unjust judge. Even he rendered a just decision in the end. So don't you think God will surely give justice to his chosen people who cry out to him day and night? Will he put, keep putting them off? I tell you, he will grant justice to them quickly. But when the Son of Man returns, how many will he find on the earth who have faith? So two people we meet here. First, let's look at the judge. It was told clearly he didn't care about God, he didn't care about people. Who's that lead? Himself. He just cared about himself. There's no way to get to this guy. He has no interest in the first commandment, loving God, or the second commandment, loving your fellow man. No interest in either. He is wicked, and he is a judge, and he is very powerful. In verse 6, he's characterized as unjust and dishonest and corrupt, a crooked, powerful man. And the other one in the story is a widow. Someone has defrauded her. She needs justice. And she apparently has no man in her life. A widow, so her husband's gone. But evidently also not a brother and not a son and not a father and not a son-in-law, not a cousin, not a nephew. We know this because the court was for the men, not for the women. They didn't belong there in the day. The only time a woman would come was when she had no man to plead her case and she didn't. And so she came herself. She's alone, and in that society, powerless. But in verse 5, we see that she is persistent. Verse 5, this woman, the judge said, is driving me crazy. I'm not going to give any illustration about that possibility whatsoever today. This woman is driving me crazy. I'm going to see that she gets justice because she is wearing me out with her constant Day after day after day, like a broken record, she goes to see the judge. And the Greek word for she is wearing me out is a term from boxing. And what he's really saying is she's beating me up. He was tired of it. 
So, back to verse 6. The Lord said about the parable, Learn a lesson from the unjust judge. Even he rendered a just decision in the end. So don't you think God will surely give justice to his person, to his chosen people to cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will grant justice to them. And he will do it quickly. In a nutshell, we are told here to be persistent when we pray. We need to wear God out to push, to pray until something happens. But we're so quick to give up. It's also obvious in the story that God is not represented as the wicked judge. God is a loving father who wants to answer our request. But so often we do not ask or we quit asking. This parable is interesting. It's placed right after Jesus has been teaching about the second coming. The verses before this in Luke 17, look at this beginning at verse 22. Jesus is teaching to his disciples, and so, so it says, He said to his disciples, The time is coming when you will long to see the day when the Son of Man returns, but you won't see it. People will tell you, Look, there's the Son of Man, or here he is, but don't go out and follow them. For as the lightning flashes and lights up the sky from one end to the other, so it will be the day when the Son of Man comes. But first the Son of Man must suffer terribly and be rejected by this generation. I'm talking about the crucifixion. And so this parable comes after that. And it's there to remind us that we need to pray always and not lose heart no matter how tough things get. And it's been 2,000 years now. And that's a long time for us. In our world today, Christ is dishonored and ridiculed and made fun of. The Word of God is made fun of and ignored. And Christians are persecuted, mocked, and treated with hostility. For the faithful, we long to see Christ return and receive the glory and honor that he so deserves. But in the meantime, until that happens, we are told to keep the faith and to pray persistently and to not lose heart. Matthew 24, 13 says this, The one who endures, who keeps on keeping on, who prays until something happens, who keeps going to the end, will be saved. But what really got me as I was looking at this section of Scripture is uh, the last part of verse 8 of Luke 18. As this parable ends, Jesus says, But when the Son of Man returns, how many will he find on the earth who have faith? And if he puts that right after this parable on persistent prayer, is he equating our prayer life with our faith? Do you think Jesus equates our prayer lives with our faith? I think he does. I think he's looking for us to be constant, to be on all the time, to pray without ceasing. I think he's saying if you're faithful, if you're a believer, you'll be like that persistent widow, and you will pray and pray and pray. That's how I see it. And so I challenge myself, I will pray. I will seek to pray without ceasing. That's what scripture says. I'll pray more than I watch TV. I'll pray more than I talk to anyone else. 
I'll pray more than I listen to the radio. I want my prayer life to go to another level. Pray until something happens. We were in Indiana. And after church, during the time of invitation, a young exchange student, her name was Jo Lee Chi. And I don't know if Jo Lee was Buddhist. I think probably so. And Jo Lee, through being with a Christian family, became a Christian while she was here on her journey of foreign exchange. And so she came to the front of the church and we said a prayer. And so I began praying. We were holding hands, me and Jolie and Caitlin. I would say something and then Jolie would whisper in my ear and tell him this. And I'd pray a little more and tell him this. And I would pray a little bit more. And it was almost the same thing you said a minute ago, David. They didn't know about that connection. But it taught me such a lesson. It, it reminded me that we do have that. So tell him. Tell him every day. Pray for those things that concern you. Pray for your church and for your family and for your world. Pray until something happens.